last time on Join the Party. Oh, what? Oh, oh my God. Sorry, I dozed off for a bit. What happened? What's going on? Oh, that's right. Okay, uh, the party reconvenes in the Concentra Capitol building to find something that could destroy Alonzo's medallion for good. They run into Harriet, the archivist, and her paperweight, which contains a shard of the spirit of the god of creation, Devar. Harriet leads the party into the archives, where they beat up some mind control mobs and secure a hammer to destroy the medallion. They then burst into the final vote for a last chance at swaying the representatives. The votes are cast in favor of popping the bubble. Consequences be damned. We're popping this thing, and we're going to take him down, and we're going to destroy him, and it's, that's going to be in the end of that. Okay? You heard the lady. You heard the Haas representative in the room. No, never mind. Sorry. Let's do it. As everyone prepares, Tracy hears the Council of Bright in the back of his head. The Council commands him to tackle Onara and set him free, and Tracy willingly allows himself to be controlled. The plan falls apart, and the council pulls the last star from the sky, unleashing him from an astral prison. We're celebrating my return. You should be happy. Take the amulet off, you coward. You know what? I'm going to do something better. In its full form, the council summons an army of Warforged to march out of the sky and rends the Capitol building and the Capitol into ruins. Oh, I remember now. It's the end of the world. Let's get the party started. Tracy, you're having the dream again. The one with all the Warforge and your friends, and they're in this proto-Infropolis, this utopia where anything can happen, and you seem happy. And you look around, and in this one, this time, it's a little bit different. In this one, Anara comes up to you holding a sandwich, and she says, Tracy, here, I, I made this for you. Oh my god, what kind?! It's your favorite. Peanut butter, ham, and bananas! Delicious! That's right. That's definitely what it is. And not, that's not a weird combination. Uh, so she's holding the sandwich out to you. What do you do? I take the sandwich. Start munching down. So you reach your hand out, and you grab the sandwich. And as soon as you do, the floor starts coming out from under you. Like in the tower. When the Warforged came back, everything is just crumbling around you, and the floor is just cracking and crumbling, and you see everyone is starting to fall. The buildings, the people, the animals, the trees, the Warforged, they're all falling and falling and falling, and you look down, and there's only a platform below you. And it cracks, and you fear yourself falling. And before you can hit the ground, you hear a very loud triangle ringing right next to your ears. And you wake up. Okay, 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 okay. I'm awake. Please, please stop the ringing. Please stop, stop, stop the ringing. You need to be up now. You should have been prepping the tea two hours ago. You're right. You know, uh, that was irresponsible of What am I paying you for? What, what it, Mr. Octavio's tea shop doesn't get by on unprepared green tea. You know, that's very fair. Um, I, I'm, I'm up, I'm awake now. Uh, I can't change the past, I can only move forward. So I'm gonna move forward to the storefront and make tea. Move forward quicker. Okay, 
and Tracy stands up and shuffles to the front of the house. Tracy, you were standing in the front of Mr. Octavio's tea shop, a small structure out on the outside of a trading town pretty far north of Chronopolis. People come through every once in a while, but, you know, you kind of just see the, ta- the same seven people every day. There's Jim, Stacy, mm-hmm. um, Mary, and Margaret, the, their sisters. Yeah. And then um, there's, I don't know why I'm saying this in Tracy's voice. I guess uh, well, Tracy, Tracy's, remember, Tracy's saying Tracy's this. remembering all of the customers as he's preparing the green tea in the morning. Uh, and then there is um, just a sentient horse. Yeah. And um, the gnome known as Charlie. Yeah. And I don't remember if that's the right amount of people or not. That's, <laughs> Tracy, you're, you're just tired. You're not this used to getting up this early. I'm not a morning person. No. Mr. Octavio is uh, pointing his head in from the back. Salmon, how's the tea going? Yeah, that's just just right. Yeah, not burnt. Um, full full bodied flavor. You know, it's it's great tea today. Good job. I'm proud of I'm proud of our accomplishments together. Our accomplishments. I'm proud of your accomplishments. Thank you, together. Salmon. Yeah. Salmon. Mm-hmm. You know better. The deal was that you wake up before me, and I'll give you a place to sleep. If you don't wake up before me, so that I can get my 14 hours of beauty rest, what is even the point of me putting you up? No, you know, you're right. You know, that's my mistake. Um, you know, it's just been rougher and rougher to try to get, you know, any sort of rest these days. But that's not an excuse. Uh, I, You are doing me a huge favor, and I must return that favor, and I will. I appreciate your kindness. Thank you. And I also recognize the fact that everyone is on edge with the bright battalion running through the town. I understand that. But we need to give them the tea. That is our responsibility. We calm them. Right. And the soldiers kind of fuck everything up. Yeah, I thought that was a weird um, slogan for the shop when you first put it on the sign. It's kind of long and, you know, not very family friendly, but... You know, I'll tell you, it's been a weird three months. Yeah, I get that. Salmon, back to work. Okay, thank you, sir. So you go about your day. uh, Your regular customers come in. Charlie hops up on the table and asks for his black tea. Charlie, buddy! Splow, that's my catchphrase. (laughs) Uh, the sentient horse walks in and goes over to the trough. Uh, Jeremy, buddy! I appreciate you bringing my tea for me. Nay, I only say nay to keep you, my new friend, Salmon, comfortable. You don't have to do that to me. Just be yourself. Okay, this is just myself. Here's your I'm tea. Jeremy. I also like oats and running. Yeah, that's great. So do I. So does everyone. That's true. The Sanderson sisters come in, and uh, they both hold their hands out and give grabby hands to you. Okay, 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 okay. Here you go. Here's your tea. And I hand them the two most beautiful ceramic mugs that we have in the shop. Wonderful. And they sit down, and they sit in the picture window at the front of the store. So it's uh, about 10 a.m. now. You kind of caught the morning rush. And uh, you're waiting for Jim to come in, and Jim always walks in at 10.01 every single day. And you're waiting, and you look up the clock, and it's 10.01, and he's not there. And it's 10.02, 10.03, and then 10.04, you see there's 10 Warforged are patrolling outside of the tea shop. And they walk by. One of the Warforged pokes their head in and surveys the, the scene. Sanders and sisters stay stock still. Uh, Jim? Oh. Shopkeeper! Is everything okay here? Yeah, every everything's great. Do you want? Would you like some tea? No, I do not require tea. I am a warforged. I don't know what that is, but we don't discriminate here. If you want some tea, you know you're always welcome. But you know, no, thank you. Okay, brightness upon you. Thank you, brightness upon you. And the the door closes as the warforged walk through. And now it's uh ten ten, and still Jim hasn't showed up. What do you do? Mary, Margaret, have y'all seen Jim recently? He's uh, he's usually here, but he's he's pretty late. Yeah, no, I mean, I saw him on his morning walk, but not since then. Hmm, that's uh, that's weird. Do you know where his walk 
usually goes by, like what the route is? Usually down by the river, but he's done by now. Hmm, okay. Does he, like, stop at his home usually? And the door pushes open. Jim? And you hear a voice that you recognize oh so well. Well, haven't seen Jim or anything, but sure I am happy to see you, Tracy. And the door opens, and you see two Warforged. And they don't look like the soldiers that you saw walking by before. They're very distinct. They have really, really bright, glowing yellow eyes. And one of them has a uh, cannon in the center of their chest. And the other one, like every single one of their their limbs, seems to be like made out of different Lego pieces. And the one with the cannon in the middle says, Tracy, 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 it has been too long. And the one with the Lego pieces doesn't say anything and takes a quick step forward. Uh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I don't know. I don't know. Tracy, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Salmon. This is Mary. This is Margaret. And if you were to look at Tracy, you would see that he has cast his guy self on himself to look like a, um, you know, not massively bulky, but like he, you know, he goes to the gym orc. The Warforged with the cannon in his chest says, Girls, here's a hundred gold. Why don't you get on out of here? And the Warforged made out of the blocks drops a bag uh, with a hard thunk on the table. The girls grab it and run out. Tracy, I know you're in there. The least you could do is say hello. Um, uh, can I offer you some oolong? We have some really nice um, silver needles on stock, on stock right now. Uh, All right. Well, I guess we're doing it like this. That's fine. Well, let me introduce myself to you. Sorry, I didn't catch your name. You didn't ask, but it's Salmon. 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 Okay. Well, let me tell you a story. What's your name? I'm Holmes. This is my associate, Watson. For kids at home, it's H01M35 and W4TSO0N. Now, I might just be a country warforge brought back by the glory that is the Council of Brett, but I, I, I did have this friend. His name was Tracy. Uh, he was a real rapscallion. In fact, he was the one who brought this and brought the big man all the way back. And we are eternally grateful for him all the way back from where I'm from. But, uh, you know, I haven't seen Hyder Hand for him in a while. As he was around, he was palling around with the council himself. And then he just kind of disappeared. It's, re- it's odd, really. He just kind of disappeared in a flash. And when he says flash, you see that the cannon in Holmes's chest glows very brightly, very fast, and then shoots out one of the windows. Can you not do that? Uh, I, this is my shop? Right, right. You, yeah, you're obviously the one who runs this and uh, uh, running it for how long now? Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm an employee, but, you know, th- it's been entrusted by Mr. Octavio in my care, and that window is going to come out of my paycheck. Oh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure you're very concerned about the paycheck. Well, how long have you been working here? Because my friend Tracy's been disappeared for about three months now, and it seems like you have been employed at this establishment for three months as well. And he shoots out another one of the windows. Okay. Um, well, T... Service is off the table. Just just wanted to make that clear. Uh, you will not be getting any tea from me. Um, I've been working here since I turned of legal working age uh, here in Thistlefield, which, um, you know, is like 16. Trace, come on, Trace. You would drop the act now. I know who you are. I know what's going on. This story really fits to himself. You could deal with me. And, you know, me and by just kind of breaking a few windows here, or you could deal with my associate. Watson takes another quick step forward, and the bricks all start to rearrange. Like, you see that he's standing as a bipedal human, and it, it rearranges very quickly. It's like the bricks start stacking on top of each other, and he is now in the form of a brown bear. And he has claws out, and he just roars right in your face. I never. Well, Tracy, you've seen that trick before. You thought it was quite fun there. Um, you know, I think I have just the right tea for you both. 
and Tracy steps back behind the counter just out of sight. And I'm going to cast Invisibility. Great. Starting from his toes and leading all the way up to his body to his head, he starts to turn invisible and heads out the back entrance as quietly as possible. I'm going to roll Perception to see if they find you as you walk out. All right, I got a 15. My spell save is 14. All right. So as you're walking out, you uh, slowly pad your way back to the back room, and you hear Holmes call out, Well, if you did see my friend Tracy, who's out there, you could tell him that uh, the council is willing to forgive his crimes, running away and deserting and such as a wallness, if he just does one real small favor for him. Tracy stops. He turns around, grabs a random bag of tea off the shelf in the back stock, and comes out and says, You know, th- this is a really beautiful um, roasted oolong from. Uh, oh, a floated bag of tea! Oh my god! Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I might be able to get a message to Tracy. I'm not saying I know where he is, but. Uh, He's been in my shop before. Well, uh, you do have the longest arm in the Wild West here. All you have to do is take this little guy and come with us. You see that Holmes is carrying a sack over his shoulder, and he drops it on the floor and comes out as this little crab robot. Similar kind of to the turret that Cole had. It's just kind of like just a little sentinel like eye on it and just a little crab with a kind of a small body. All he would have to do is put this where we tell him to. Now, you can think about it for a little bit, but we'll be out out here tonight at uh, the Thistlefield Gates, and you should probably join us. Okay, I'll uh, I'll let him know if I see him. All right, well, have a good day then. And Holmes shoots out the remaining... Uh, oh, come, come on! The remaining windows, and... Watson in his bear form flips two kicks. That was completely unnecessary. Sometimes unnecessary becomes necessary. He walks out. And as they leave the shop, Tracy grabs the turret. Anara, you're having that dream again. It's the one with you and Tracy in a dark room. You guys are just like sitting on chairs and you're kind of looking at each other. And this time, it's a little bit different. Ordinarily, he wouldn't just say anything. Just hours and hours of just looking at him. And then you wake up. But this time, he says something. What would I have to do for you to forgive me. Kill him. Kill him with your own two hands. And you wake up. And you look up, and it's just dark. But it's always dark, because there's no windows in the Duvin boosters. It was kind of one of their trademarks. Every time is game time, so you have no idea what time it is. Yeah, it's one of their marketing tactics. It's not just physically an interdimensional space, it is mentally an interdimensional space. <laughs> Oatcake is still asleep. If the sun is not out, Oatcake is sleeping. So you're laying uh, in your bed. Where have you kind of made your bed in the Duvin Boosters? This used to be a break room for the staff, but since most of them are Kenku, they very generously uh, helped me to subdivide a broom closet into half break room and half broom closet for them. So I took over that space and I have a cot up against one wall. I have a few like crates that are turned over with a few like papers and things kind of lined up on it. And for the first time ever, I have partially unpacked my pack. I have my clothes kind of stacked in one spot. I have some of my supplies in the other. The essentials are still in the bag in case I have to grab and go. But I am more stable and moved in here than I've been anywhere since I left home. Congratulations, you're a homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in this linoleum-floored, fluorescent-lit Duvin Boosters break room. So I guess, Anara, you got to go about your day. 
So you get up and you put the glowing marble around your neck. You have the Assassin's Marbles that you got all the way back in Fidopolis when you first joined the Assassin's Guild. It's the only light thing in this pretty dark room. Yeah, fluorescent lighting might be worse than the council, so I don't use it. Entirely possible. All right, so what, what is the first thing you do when you wake up for the day? Well, I give O'Cake scritches, and she rolls over onto her other side, so I know that she is safe. I strap my light daggers on, just two daggers, one in the boot, one on the hip. Um, and <laughs> the day-to-night daggers. Exactly, yep. And then I grab my clipboard and pencil and start on my rounds. All right, so you were walking around the Duvin Boosters. In the time that you've moved in, in the three months since uh, the Brightening is the nickname that oh, people are still trying it. to figure out. It's not great, but they haven't had a lot of time to ideate on that one. The Assassin's Guild has taken over the Duvin Boosters. Yes. Duvin Boosters is a pocket dimension, so it is outside of the material plane where all of that bad shit is just going down. A lot of the Assassins have doubled back and been a part of the Duvin Boosters community now. It's like half Kenku, half assassins. Yeah, right after the uh, the brightening, I hate it. <laughs> I reached out to the Assassin's Guild for the first time. I sent a message and they responded. And I was able to get in touch with some of their leadership and kind of conscript these people into service. Now they don't want to be under the Council of Bright any more than I do. So they are my boots on the ground as we try to equip the resistance here in Concentra. This is like a post-apocalyptic Beauty and the Beast, like in the beginning. Belle is like walking around. Oh, like, it sure is. And here comes the baker with his daggers like always. And here are the Kenku with their extensive informant network across all Chronopolis like always. But everyone is kind of just like getting down to business all yeah. the time. It's just business. Every morning we check in with our informants in each of the cities. We see if there's been any movement, if there have been any sightings, any crimes committed against the citizens, and collect that intelligence all in one place. And then once a week, if safety allows it, I meet up with each of our sort of field captains, all of the members of what we're calling ourselves, which is the friends of the champion, to come and report and strategize and try to form some kind of resistance to the Council of Bright. So as you're going about your first rounds, uh, you walk by the snack bar and you see the imposing helm of the original assassin who gave you uh, the first marbles all the way back in Fidopolis. Yeah. And then uh, they move their visor up and you hear uh, the familiar voice of Bob the Skrull. He says, I can't believe it. Anara! Hey, have you eaten breakfast yet today? You know that I don't like to eat in the morning. Come on. It's the most important meal of the day. Everyone knows that. I think the most important meal of the day is the last meal of the day that you get because you don't know where the next one is coming from. I know we're assassins, but that is grim, dark, and terrible here. I, I've been trying to make a salad. Um, there's not much, but like here's the lettuce from the tacos and some tomatoes from pizza. And there's like some sprinkled nacho chips and some strawberries pulled from Jello. It's the best I could do, but eat it. Just eat it. And I eat it. Okay. <laughs> I eat exactly one mouthful of only strawberries. Fine. I'll take it. All right. So you are going about your rounds. I start to peek in on each of our very handy interdimensional portholes to each of the concentric states. So first I go next to our beloved claw machine and to the right of it between that and pinball is a little almost like service hatch as if there would be like breakers behind it. But when I open it up and it creaks open with like a rusty hinge, I peer on what remains my favorite. I know we're not supposed to have favorite concentric states, but it's mine. Fidopolis. You hear a creak. And then it just continues, but it sounds different. It's like, just kidding, we're assassins, we're having so much fun. And you see the dragon faces of Tammy and Taylor. So uh, you look inside and they've kind of used some sort of potion to like just evaporate the door. So no one really knows how to get in. Anora, ah! we're assassins now. Guys, I know you've been assassins for like two and a half months. It's still fun. I love it. Uh, I'm I'm so glad to hear it warms my heart it really does but let's uh, let's focus on the business anything newsworthy happened in the last day I stabbed a guy really okay no but I thought it would be a cool thing to say what is the first rule of assassins that we talked about never lie about your kills never talk about being assassins assassins love to lie that's a good that's a good point I, I, I did it said that one uh, all right. So what what has happened in the last day? Anything to report? Uh, nothing new. Uh, the, f the food, we're stretching it out as much as possible. Uh, Stoneface has been gathering supplies as much as possible and airdropping it around the city. But, you know, the robo boys are still just following him around. 
Haven't seen Alonzo or anything, but, uh, you know, we're looking. And any word from Representative Kiko? Haven't seen him either. Right now, the highest-ranking person we have is James and Stoneface, which is bad. We're having trouble. All right, are James' stores of medicine okay? Yeah, enough. I mean, we're not trying to fight them anymore, but it's not great. Okay, well, doing good work, keep it up, and don't stab anyone without me telling you. Come on. Okay, fine. What if we stab each other? Is that okay? That's worse. Okay. What is the third rule of assassins? Don't stab each other. Yes. Never stab other assassins. Come on. (laughs) And the door closes. So next I walk over to, it's kind of like a fusion of ski ball and cornhole, but instead of throwing (laughs) beanbags or rolly balls, you throw chunks of stone. And underneath that machine, unfortunately I have to kind of kneel on the ground and look up underneath it, is a hatch to that game that when I open it, looks out over Antopolis. You look across the river and the glittering lights of Antopolis, but before you can get too long of a look, you just see a big eye looking back at you. Anora, I've been very excited to hear from you. Who's there? What? Oh. I mean, it's me, Zuby. No, Zuby, it was a a reference. Okay. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you too. Oh, thanks. Everything's everything's fine. Everything's the same. Uh, The Warforged don't want to cross into uh, across the river so the trench that i dug a few weeks back is continuing to stay uh who would have thought they don't like going across water but they also don't like getting kicked in the face either i know that you're the right man for the job how's everyone doing in terms of medicine food fine i mean we're eating some stone soup but no different than usual okay well keep up the good work bud aye aye see you tomorrow and tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow. There's my zoo. All right, bye. Around the corner is like a trash bin, several recycling bins. Doom and Booster is very into sustainability, surprisingly. And then there is a fifth bin at the very end that doesn't have anything on it. There's no hole to it, even. And when I flip open the lid, I look down into Tortopolis. You're looking out into Noto Odo's compound. Uh, right now you're just seeing people are just bustling around, but everyone's not wearing the same pink anymore. It's just various citizens of Tortopolis. And you see uh, the familiar face of your ex-girlfriend, who turns around and with a scowl and a sigh, uh, walks up to the portal. Good morning, honey. Hi, sweetie. I don't know how am I supposed <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. It's okay. I just, I wanted to try it out, but it, it feels kind of weird. Hi, Brinksy. How are you? It's great. I love how it, the end of the world needs to happen for us to get together. That's wonderful. I mean, do you really expect anything else for two people who met under the circumstances we did? I do not. No, you're totally right. All right. Tell me what's been happening in the last day. Uh, everything's all right. Uh, we're holed up here on the top floor, but you know, the flood that you knocked out, it turns out that, well, we finally sent some scouts down to the old um, stadium. turns out that entire area was just like pulsing with old Council of Bright Energy. Like that that was the guy. It's the same guy. Ugh. So that I mean that explains like all the the film that you showed me. That's why everyone was cheering for Warforged fights. Like it was from then. Luckily the that big flood you did knocked out a lot of their stuff, but there are a lot of robo boys scrambling around down there. Alright, do you have any suggestions for containment or capture? No, do we just I guess we gotta wait it out. I mean you're still working on your thing, right? Yeah, of course, but do you have any kind of scouts that have the capabilities, you think, to do an on-the-ground mission if we get it ready in time? I mean, maybe we can ask them, but for right now, they're just trying to survive. Okay, I'll ask around about some more manpower. Okay. Bye. Honey Bunch. I hate it. I hate it so much. I looked out at my clipboard, and on a list at the very, very back of the clipboard, like under the rest of the pages, I crossed something out. It's just stupid. Get out of here. Okay, I'll I'll see you tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have to. I have to go. Like, run the country. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. You're gonna do great. Bye, honey. Bye. No, you hang up. No, you close the door. <laughs> <laughs> I close the hatch begrudgingly. Yeah. Another sort of like you know ninety degrees around the room. I walk into a photo booth which is basically like a lithograph machine. It's, it takes a pretty long time for you to get your photo out of it. Stupid. But when I pull the curtain back, it is not a bench and screen that I see, but instead a door looking out over Infropolis. Yeah, so this is in uh, one of the alleyways of the, of the city. And um, right now you just kind of hear intermittent honking of 
cars and the stomping of metal feet. And you see the familiar visage of Captain Alex with her big hat cocked to the side. And she has a human uh, with a bag over, over their head. Oh, uh, good morning, Alex. Ah, good morning to you. One of the same. Who we got here? Well, uh, you know, I was poking around those places you told me to. Uh, no one was in the Dead Ringer. Uh, no one was in a uh, creative building. Uh, so I was walking around Jersey Mike Stadium, and uh, I ran into some one of your old friends. So now it's your problem. And uh, she pushes the human with the bag over their head through the photo booth, who stumbles through the doorway and pushes by you and falls into Duvin Boosters. And you hear, Oh, no! I got captured again! I hate it! I sigh, pull out my dagger, and just kind of have it in my hand in case I need it, then pull off the hood. You're looking in the face of Gordon Lighthammer. I even forgot my hammer back in the stadium! Gordon, if this is a play to get the dog that you think is your dog, and I'm not going to comment on whether or not that might be true, it's not going to happen, buddy. It's not! It's the end of the world and I got captured! I hate it! (laughs) I'm, I'm glad that we agree on one thing. What were you doing in the stadium? Hiding, obviously! Lighthammer, how am I supposed to know you're on our side? What's the what's the sign of the champion? Oh, uh, wait, hold on. She, uh, the red-headed one, she told me this one. Um, and he mimes pulling an arrow back and letting it fly. And uh, what's the password? Oh, in Concentra we stand, united as one. Okay, very well. And I, uh, I cut the bindings on his hands. Oh, thanks. Now I can do my signature poses. Sure. I gesture for him to get up and then look back into the photo booth. Is Captain Alex still there? Yeah. She's picking her teeth with a toothpick. Alex, I'm sending this one back your way. Use him as you will. He is known in town. People trust him. People know his face. Send him forth to get information from places that wouldn't have you. All right. Sounds good. Aye, right, Captain. Come on. Big old hammer bros, man. Get out of here. And uh, I put my hand on Gordon's chest to kind of stop him before he walks back through the photo booth. I'm going to check in on you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And what I hear had better be good. Got it? Got it. All right, go forth. And uh, he walks through the photo booth. I give Alex another wave and then close the curtain. And then quite fittingly, behind the ticket counting machine, uh, which is itself next to the bar, I open up the front of the machine, like where an attendant should go to get the money out. Instead, I open it up and see a view of Chronopolis. Well, you're expecting a view of Chronopolis, but immediately Autumn kind of just pushes through the door and uh, walks in. They're like, uh, it sucks there. It sucks. It continues to suck. It always sucks. Can I just hang out with you instead? It would be a lot more fun for me. Are you not enjoying the eternal Autumn, Autumn? No, I'm not. Because everything is messed up ever since you took the god of death away from all that stuff. Now it's just like regular. It's just a city. Can I just like hang out with you? Are you just like... Doing stuff with books? No, no, Autumn. I am coordinating a international campaign here to uh, take down the conquering authority that would, you know, change our entire world for the worse. No, the other thing, the thing with the books. You know, like I brought all these nursery rhymes and riddles and stuff about the Council of Right. Uh, I mean, the least I could do was just look through them. It's much more, it's much better than doing rounds in a city that's nothing. You're telling me three months into this occupation that you have cultural artifacts about the Council of Bright in your brain? Yeah, I, yeah. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> Autumn, we will talk about this another time. Go into the coat closet that is our research center, look through the books, write down what you know, and tell me if anything, anything new comes up. Got it? I, I, Captain. Also, there's a weird salad on the bar if you're hungry. I'm not. Thank you. <laughs> you hear a slurping behind you. Ugh. And it's like someone's trying to force jello through a strainer. Well, I turn around. And next to the Papa shot, but before the pinball machines, there's no door there. It's just a wall. And then you see that there is just green goo pushing itself through the wall. And slowly it fills up a large cube. And you hear your favorite voice in the whole wide world. I am Chad the Human, and I found a new way to get in here. Chad! I run up and sort of like put my arms right next to him as if I were to hug him, but I'm not going to do that. 
Yeah, he just, he just kind of wiggles around. He's like, this hug is great! Chad, I'm so glad to see you, but how did you get in here? That's really worrisome. There's a door. A new door is coming. From where? From them. They're coming. They found you. Hey, it's Amanda. I remember on the last day of my last year of high school, all the kids in my grade got to school at like 5.45 in the morning, sunrise. We made a giant circle with our cars in the parking lot and sat all together in the middle, sharing donuts and coffee and taking pictures and playing Frisbee. I felt like I was inside a memory, even as I was living it. It was pretty sweet, a little sad, and everywhere I looked, there were donuts. Welcome to the Midroll. The donuts are all up for grabs. We are back, and we're so stoked to be with y'all again. We are so excited to bring you the final arc of the season house party, and we are already dreaming about what will happen next. We are back to our schedule of a new episode every two weeks and one supersized after-party published when this arc is over. And oh my goodness, I can't wait to see what happens. A lot has gone on this summer, including Multitude's brand new membership program, The Multi-Crew. This is a way for our community to power new work from Multitude, to grow our studio, create new things, and continue to thrive together. You are our hit points, and we are the hero running into a dragon's mouth for your enjoyment. Do you like exclusive live show audio and a brand new weekly debate podcast called Head, Heart, Gut? How about live streams and voting rights on things we do next? How about your name enshrined forever on our actual physical founder's wall? All of that can be yours and more by joining the Multicrew. Head on over to multicrew.club to join us. Welcome to our newest patrons. Robin, Jennifer, Benjamin, Anya, Jennifer, Jasmine, Casey, Willow, Claire, Celia, Natalie, Michael, Harry, Kylie, Bree, and Rachel. You are the friends we made at summer camp but will actually stay in touch with during the school year. We hope you're loving the patron-only Discord, NPC backstories, bloopers, and other patron-only benefits that you now have access to. To join these fine friends and the many others who make our Discord the purest place on the internet, join us at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We are sponsored this week by Dashlane, a password management app that keeps all your information safe, secure, and easy to access. They offer encryption and a VPN, which is kind of like a plus three protection spell that gives you a bonus against all cyber-based attacks. They sync your passwords and payment info across devices, which is totally like a bag of holding but for your phone. Dashlane's autofill feature means you have advantage on all login-based initiative roles, and they have a permanent perception check with dark web monitoring to alert you to any sneak attacks. If all of this sounds like something you'd like to add to your inventory, check out dashlane.com slash join the party. Dashlane is free on your first device, and they're also offering a 30-day free trial of Dashlane Premium. If you end up liking the VPN, dark web monitoring, and cross-device syncing that Premium has to offer, use code JOINTHEPARTY at checkout to save 10% when you subscribe. We're also sponsored by Danger World, a reading role-playing game where your choices decide your adventurer's fate. Available on Apple and Android, it now has a feature where you can play with your friends as well as solo. It's not just storytelling, it's collaborative storytelling, and there are even some nuggets in there for JTP fans. Keep an eye out for some familiar items as you advance through the story, and you can check that out at danger.world. That's danger.world to meet your favorite new reading role-playing game. And finally, our thanks to 20-Sided Store for supporting this episode. Our favorite indie game store right here in Brooklyn, New York, is your home base for everything game-related. Pick up a new game for your classroom, your classmates, your friends, your family, your fantasy football league. Anything and everything you could ever need is waiting for you at 20sidedstore.com. Use discount code JOINTHEPARTY online or in store for 20% off. And now, let's get back to the show. It is midnight outside of Thistlefield. Uh, where's uh, Where's Tracy right now? Tracy's at the gates of the town with my crab friend in tow. All right. You're standing outside of the gates of the town watching as a 
groups of Warforged walk from town to town in the distance, and you hear a rustle behind you, and Watson and Holmes walk out of the brush. Oh, well, Tracy, I Why were you in the brush? Obviously, for dramatic effect. Let's go. And they start walking ahead of you. Tracy follows. So, kind of walking seemingly aimlessly on the dead road for like an hour, two hours, three hours. Finally, they come upon a shack. It's just like this abandoned building in the middle of nowhere. Holmes turns to his companion, says, Get the knob. And Watson is holding in his bricked hand this what looks like a doorknob. And he says, all right, so Tracy, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take your arm, and when this, when the thing happens, when it's going to happen, I need you to stick your, stick your arm through the hole, throw the crab ball as far as you can, and then come back, and you're done. How's that sound? Uh, it sounds okay. Um, a couple questions. Yeah. Uh, mostly why and what? Why? Well, that's not for you to know at this point. Okay. And what is, well, you're going to see what happens in a second. It's all going to be very clear. Okay. And, uh, once again, uh, I, you know, I know we don't normally operate in like written contract form, but I, I need some kind of guarantee from you both that, what you're saying is true? Oh, all right. Uh, didn't think I'd have to use this, but all right. Holmes reaches into his bag and he pulls out a jar. And it's glowing with the same energy that kind of all the batteries that power of the Warforged have been doing. And he opens up the jar. And the energy starts to float out. And you hear the Council of Bright's voice. He says, Huh? What? what? Tracy? Tracy? I hate that guy. Uh, well, I guess if he does the thing, I'll just let him go. It's fine. Kind of a dick, though, doing all that stuff to me. All right, whatever, fine. Yeah, he can go. And then the light just, like, disperses into the air. Okay. Um, Listen, you cannot get any sort of bluster and not caring for other people like you do our leader, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, preach, right? I mean, guy's a real... Jerk. And at that point, you feel Watson's two pointy hands on your shoulders. Don't, um, I, I'm good. And Tracy steps away. Yeah, we're going to do the thing in a moment, all right? Is my danger sense going off? Why do you roll for investigation? 12? All right, with 12, you're going to do some bad stuff here. And uh, probably has to do with the crab. But it seems like they're telling the truth. I mean, that was good proof, so... Man, Tracy's back to his old investigation ways. Good. He's covering all the clues and the crimes and solving the mysteries. Yeah. But that's the... Uh, Definitely not stuff that you could figure out with context clues. No. <laughs> Tracy, I want you to roll initiative. Uh, okay. Twelve. All right, we're going to pop over to Inara. Thank you for your rolls. So, Inara, here's what Chad told you. The Council of Bright didn't really know what to do with this sentient ooze. And he's just kind of been bopping around. And he noticed that a bunch of Warforged were clustered around this wall. And they were like poking at it and they were like drilling into it in the middle, just in the middle of the city. Chad went over to it and he pushed himself against it and he just kind of like slurped his way through. And then all of a sudden he's in Duvin Boosters. Autumn puts her hand on your shoulder and says, We have an entire group of assassins ready to fight these guys. Like if we need to, we're going to take them out. Inara stands very still with her eyes closed for a moment, two moments, three moments, and then turns around. Autumn, evacuate all of the books to Fidopolis. Open up that hatch over there. Tammy and Taylor, they'll take them from you. Make sure they're safe. Bob, get over here. All right. Hi. Hey, hi. Hello. Yeah, what's up? We need to evacuate you and all of the Kenku immediately. All right. I'll lead you. I'll lead them out the back way. I think the best spot for you would be in Topolis. Now, beware that little hatch. It opens like... 30 feet above the ground, so just call out for Zuby. He'll come and take you, deliver you to the castle where you can be safe. On it. Chad, it's important that you go back right away. No one can notice that you're missing. Okay. Yes, I will do that. As a human, I can run as fast as possible. But I think that you need to cover my back. You need to be on my six. 
I will certainly be on your six, Chad. I would never dream of leaving your six. No, but seriously, thank you so much. This was great. Please just kind of act normal. Try to walk around and, you know, be your, your wonderful, beautiful self. And if you see any Warforged moving toward this wall, get away quickly. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Ah, okay. As you start giving instructions to everyone, everyone starts goes off. This is like emergency. This is like DEFCON 1. Yeah, and in order to uh, set off the rest of our protocols, because we've obviously thought about a situation like this, I open the door to Tortopolis again, call out for Brinks, but instead I see one of her, like, lieutenants, somebody that I've seen a few times before in our daily check-ins, and yell at them, the time has come. All right, everyone starts going. So Chad starts to force his way back through the crack in the wall. You have my six, right? Always, Chad. And then Chad stops and he says, wait, oh, where is the other side? I don't, I can't feel the other side. And he pulls back. And at that point, you see that a door is starting to materialize where Chad is pushing himself through. Chad to the break room right now. Oatcake is there. My stuff is there. Pack it up as best you can. If you have to ooze it all into you, do it. Uh, okay, okay, okay. And he runs away. He slimes away. And all right, I want you to roll initiative. All right, folks, it's happening. Let's make a ring around this door right now. 15. All right, let's go back to Tracy. Tracy, you see that Watson goes up to the shack, kicks the door in where it used to be. And he puts the doorknob that he's holding just like in the space. And you see that from the doorknob, a door starts to materialize around it. It's like growing out and growing out and growing out and becomes this big steel door. And Watson kicks open the door. And Tracy, you look inside and you see ready with a dagger in each hand is an Ara. Oh shit, it's time for initiative. Holmes goes first. Anari, you see that there is a robot with a an energy cannon just like in his chest, and it starts to power up. He's gonna take three shots at you. Twenty-six to hit. Now it's an at twenty and uh, twenty-two to hit. With my uncanny dodge, my uh, little assassin trick, I can get half damage on attacks, sort of like reacting in a defensive way. So I'll do that now. Okay, so you get a reaction against one of the attacks, so I will have your damage for that. Did I hit you all three times? Uh, yeah, they all hit. Okay. All right, I'm gonna have the first one. So it's six plus 10 for the net 20, and then seven. So you are gonna take 23 points of damage. Ouch. Holmes looks back and he's like, all right, this is how we do it. We're just moving on in. And all right, it's now your turn. Uh, did Chad, perchance, leave any slime behind him as he oozed off? I could only imagine that he did. I'm going to scoop up some of the ooze that Chad left in his wake and throw it right into Tracy's Thunder Cannon. And I have advantage through my assassinate on creatures that haven't taken a turn. <laughs> all right. that 20. Oh, jeez. Okay. So you're going to throw uh, some ooze at in Tracy's thunder cannon. Mm-hmm. With that 20, it definitely clogs it. Tracy, you di- you're... There's no way you can use th- your thunder cannon. Uh, you can still use your long arm of the law, but you can't shoot stuff like you usually can. And I'm also, because it's an at 20, I'm also going to roll damage for that. I'm going to roll 2d20. All right, you're going to take 12 points of damage. 12 points. Of acid damage from Chad's ooze. And uh, with my bonus action here, I am going to reach to a pinball machine behind me and press the start button six times. Okay, what does that do? This is our kind of like mechanical failsafe. If I wasn't able to get a message to the rest of the captains in each of the states, this sets off the alarm. So I got to Tortopolis, but the other ones I don't know. Well, it's good when you hit that button because as the robot with the cannon in his chest shot at you, you look at all of the other doors that you checked on during your rounds. You see the glowing eyes of Warforged trying to push their way in. And all of the other assassins and all of the Kenku are now fighting back and pushing against the doors all around you. It is now Tracy's turn. Seeing all of his friends in a doorway is very confusing <laughs> for Tracy. So almost as if it's instinct, Tracy immediately reacts by casting an invisibility on himself <laughs> and becomes invisible. Yep. 
and then he throws the crab thing in the door and bolts the other direction without actually trying to hurt anyone or really just kind of like hot potato get rid of this thing and fulfill the duty that he promised his warforged brethren okay great so you turn invisible you run away and the crab lands on its back and it like inverts its little crab feet so that it like just picks itself up and now it's just kind of like standing there and skittering so now it is uh, it's watson's turn and you see that Watson steps inside of the doorway, and then you see that his bricks start to rearrange. And like he's getting lower and lower and lower to the ground. And uh, eventually he becomes this like Lego version of a giant snake. Right. And he's just like slithering around and he uh, moves over to Anara before he gets a chance to wrap around her. You hear like a hoot sound and Autumn like has both of her hands around the snakes, like holding the snake's mouth open. Yes, Autumn, get him. I regret all the things I said to you earlier today. Ah! So they are t- they're currently tussling now. It's the crab's turn. The crab kind of just like walks inside and like takes a few steps and just kind of like looks around at everything that's happening and just stands there. And now it's Holmes' turn again. This does not count as part of the deal, but I guess we'll do it ourselves. Holmes is going to uh, ready a different beam. His cannon is going to glow blue. And if this laser is going to like switch across the ground. And Anara, I want you to make a dexterity saving throw. 15. All right. As the laser comes over to you, you just kind of like hop over it. And uh, you, it also like swaths over to Autumn and the Cobra. And uh, they both avoid it as well. Like, That's oh. a stealthy cobra. Yeah, he just kind of like hops. It hops up. It does the worm. <laughs> it is now uh, Anara's turn again. I'm going to reach down and stab one dagger through the back of this crab. All right, uh, make an attack roll. Not twenty. This is not a lie. Jesus Christ! All my <laughs> rolls have been pent up for three months. It's been wonderful. Are you just going to stab it? Yeah, I'm going to stick a dagger through its back to pin it to the floor and twist it to hopefully like disengage whatever mechanics are going on inside. You 100% do that. And then all the Warforged say, oh, and then they go home. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens. Council of Bright is like, I repent. <laughs> oh, beans. Oh, yeah, you stab through the crab just like over through the side. You kind of like catch two of its legs. So it's now very much pinned to the ground. And now the crab is just looking up at you being like, oh, don't guilt me like that. So when I twist my dagger, does the life go out of it or is it still on? It is still on. Within that 20, you 100% pin it and it is not moving ever again. Okay. With my bonus action, I pull my shadow cowl up over my head and disappear and use the range of motion afforded to me to float up and start circling the room looking for the escape hatch that I am pretty sure at some point someone mentioned. All right. Watson looking around like, why is every single person that I've been interacting with disappear? This is ridiculous. It is now Tracy's turn. Where are you at, dog? Tracy is heading the hell home. He is going to go back to the tea shop, pack his bags. (laughs) You're just piecing the fuck out? Absolutely, I am. Okay. I fulfilled my duty. I realized that my... (laughs) That would be up for debate. My identity is compromised in this town, so Tracy has to start over in a new place. He's going to go grab Tally, get on his Vespa, and head to the nearest small town who likes tea. I want you to make a wisdom saving throw. Um, How's a natural 20 sound to you, my God? All right, so you hear the familiar... You are new me! <laughs> you hear the familiar knocking on the back of your brain, the one that you haven't felt in months, the one that made you do all the stuff that made everything happen today. And I say, um, we're done. Screw you. But now you feel uh, there's a different voice at the door. You're not going to open the door for your good friend? This is not what's happening? Is this just like an open call for everyone I hate to come um, into my head? Apparently you're not going to open the door for me. No, I'm not going to open the door for you, of course. I'm not going to open the door for you. All right, well, I'm not going to tell you the very important information about the bomb. What? Oh, you think that little crab guy was just a crab? Maybe you are that stupid. I don't appreciate the ad hominem at this juncture. Well, it's because we hate each other. Just, 
where are you, first of all? Are you in another freaking compass? Are you in a rock? Are you in some twig in a tree somewhere? Well, now that I'm out and about, I'm kind of everywhere and anywhere. I'll be present, you know how it is. But, you know, the heck, I'm here to tell, give you a little bit of a heads up. The crowd, is that a pun? Yes. I hate you. The crowd is not just a crowd. It goes aboo. Don't ever touch me again. Can't promise it. Bye. Hey, I'm gonna chop your head off. Bye. <laughs> Tracy turns tail and dashes back to the door. I would say that you used all of your movement to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So you are still like, kind of just like standing in the middle of the road, and you're just like, God damn it! It is now uh, quietly because I'm invisible. Yeah, quietly. <laughs> um, it is now. Uh, Watson's turn, and Watson and Autumn are, like, still scrapping it up. I'm going to do uh, a grapple check for both of them. <laughs> All right, well, I rolled a nat one for the giant constrictor snake, which is Watson, and Autumn is just, like, it's like a tall tail from, like, the west. Is like she's riding it like it's a rodeo bull. It's, it's pretty wild. Autumn's like, I'm going to wear this like a necktie. <laughs> Then the snake starts to, looks like choking comically. And then the uh, the bricks start to rearrange. And you can see like they're folding in on itself. Like it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And she looks down and there is a little squirrel that is looking back at her. And Autumn is just kind of like looking down at the squirrel. Which looks up, <laughs> looks up at her. Is it still like big doe eyes? Yeah. Cool, cute. How can I live without you? All right, it is now the crabster. And the crab just kind of looks at Adara. They're like, why you do me? <laughs> and uh, it just kind of goes about its business. It is now Holmes' turn again. Holmes steps into the Duvin boosters and says, Well, this sounds a little bit more like a fair fight now. This is you and me. And well, I do have something on my side. I got this big old cannon. Uh, and he's going to now blindly shoot and try to hit you. So I'm going to give disadvantage on all of my shots. Okay. I definitely failed one. I got a 16 on one. Well, my AC is only 14, so I guess he does. Yeah. And you have that? Yep. Okay. Well, he only does three damage to you. So he, like, is just shooting blindly from his cannon, and he kind of just, like, wings you in the in the shoulder. Gotta do a little bit better than that, man. Ah, for a dog toot. Uh, and alright, it's now your turn. I'd love to investigate the ceiling to see if there are any hatches. Okay. Do a an investigation check. 19. Okay. So I think directly in the center of the ceiling is just like a little, you know, like a submarine hatch. That's the escape hatch. I am going to open it as my action. Okay. And as I do that, kind of checking over my shoulder to see what the others are doing. And I'm going to throw a dagger with the intention of clogging Holmes' cannon. Okay. I'm going to come up with a DC for that. Okay, go ahead. I got a 16. All right, with 16... You're making a tough shot. You're flying around. You also have one hand on the escape hatch, and it goes a little bit to the left. You don't hit him. Tracy, it is now your turn. How far away am I from the my crab friend? Uh, I think that you... My crab enemy? Your crab enemy. I think that if you use all of your movement, you are back at the door. Tracy, as he's running towards the door, and he gets as close as he can, he's going to take out his shield mm-hmm. and try to ultimate frisbee chuck it on top of the crab all right i'm gonna make up an ac for that uh why don't you do a reminder that you did say i completely and utterly pinned it to the floor quote it will never move again it's not moving reminder that you already said i got it i think do you remember that (laughs) i do not remember remember saying that uh that all rolls are actually not 20s in this world so (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna come up with an ac and go ahead and do a ranged attack roll steve tracy rogers steve tracy rogers Ooh, see Tracy Rosser's coming through. 23. All right. So with a 23, you throw your shield and it lands 
like a beautiful cornhole shot just lands on top of the crap. Yeah. Uh, I'm invisible, so you can't tell, but I am beaming. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, Watson and, and Autumn's turn. And Watson's going to try to run away as a little squirrel. And Autumn's going to try to attack him. Adorable. I never wanted Autumn to succeed, period. And now I do. Well, who's who's the monster here? The squirrel or Autumn at this mm. point? I don't know. Who can say? Uh, let's see. Uh, Watson tries to run away with his full action and hide. And Autumn takes a, a net out of her pocket and like throws it <laughs> throws it at the squirrel. So it's just like a big, this is like a big mess here. <laughs> Right. It's now the crab's turn. Uh, the crab is now under the shield, so you can't really see what it's doing. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's now Holmes' turn. And uh, Holmes is going to continue firing at you because you're still invisible, right? Yeah. Holmes is like, I cannot see you, so I'm just going to keep firing anyway. So I'm going to give him disadvantage on all of his attacks. Yeah, I got a two. Got a five. And he got another two. So he just like... For once, no damage. He's just uh, firing wildly in directions just like cannot hit you. You hear the cannon. Damn. 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 You rapscallion. Anara, it's now your turn. I am still invisible. So knowing that the hatch is there, I don't want to open it and alert everybody to its presence. So instead, I'm going to float above Holmes, pull my third dagger out of the small of my back. If you'll which, remember, she was holding two in each hand. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> which I did pack this morning, but forgot to mention because I sleep with it, so I just forget about it. You have your day-night daggers, but mm-hmm, this is your personal mm-hmm. dagger. It's the yep. one in your ankle holster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that one I use, but the, the back of the belt one is still there. I'm going to drop down on top of Holmes and try to plunge my dagger into his energy core slash heart area. Okay. So I think you're going to have to drop and you become visible as you do it, as you, like, take the shadow cow off. Sure. Make an acrobatics roll to see if you nail landing on top of him. 15. All right. Yeah, you can do that with a 15. So you're just going to, like, drop out of the sky and be like, scree! Get him? Yeah, without the terrible little noise. Yeah, I'd recommend not making that noise. It's not very stealthy. <laughs> scree! <laughs> and also bad. Uh, all right, Anara, I'm going to give you your attack, your sneak attack on that. All right, let me borrow 66, please. Oh, Jesus Christ. Big money. Four, five, ten, twenty. Okay, you with 20 points, yeah, you plunge just a dagger just like into his energy core on his back, and he falls to his knees. He's not down, but like he's been knocked prone from your, your sick moves. But with my bonus action, I'm going to pull out of my back pocket something I carry with me at all times, the stick of fetching, and throw it toward the break room so that Oatcake will disappear into some different dimension. Oh, you're so good at economy of actions. Uh, yeah, you hear like a quick scamper, 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 and then, and then uh, Oatcake is now safe. It's my girl. There you go. Tracy, it is now your turn. Okay, I'm going to run as fast as I can over to my shield crab um, using my fast movement. And I'm just gonna hop on top of it and wince. No. Gonna <laughs> hop on top of it? Yeah. And I'm also going to flip on my rage switch, so I am resistant to all damage except for sidekick. Okay. So I'm going to just try to cover this crab with the shield and hope for the best. I'm gonna do a reaction for Watson. Make a dexterity saving throw. How is he reacting when he isn't I'm invisible? He doesn't know I'm there. He's a squirrel. <laughs> Oh, sorry, the squirrel. I'll the give squirrel. that to you anyway because it's fun. Thanks. Do a do a dexterity. And squirrels, we all know, have a sixth sense. Eight. Okay. So with an eight, you see the the robotic squirrel look up at you and like sniff the air, and it just like takes a running jump and jumps and you hits you in the face. Okay. You take one point of damage. Okay. And you lose your concentration. Right, and I take half a point of damage. Dead. Fine. I am to a hundred point five. All right, so you still want to hop on top of the thing? So I'll give that to you, Mr. DM, if that is your real name. <laughs> yes. Uh, but made like, up authority. But like a uh, bug hitting a windshield, I sort of just let it slide off and continue running towards the shield and hop on top of it. Okay, so what is your intent here? Well, I've heard it's a bomb. Yeah. So if it explodes, I want to contain the blast so it doesn't hurt my friends. Tight. I'm going to make you do an attack roll against its AC 
it's gonna be low because it's pinned down but I want you to do just like a straight up attack roll and I'll give you with your strength modifier and your proficiency bonus great and I have advantage when I'm raising on strength checks so sounds I'm good to do that Eric's eyes just that extremely scary thing where they lit up in excitement 17 all right hold on I gotta how much damage does a bomb do <laughs> So Brandon, I work. I consulted my handy dandy DM's screen that has some of this stuff. Right. And you are level twelve. Right. And to come up with damage by level and severity. Okay. Since this is deadly, I would say the highest level. I will concede that point. I would say that this arcane bomb does eighteen d ten if you are directly on top of it. That's a lot. Oh, um, I will not acknowledge the fact that it is not a lot. So here you go. Are you ready? Yeah. Holy shit! All right, you lucked out pretty well. You take 73 points of damage. Okay, well, it's halved. Okay. So 30, well, I'll give you 36. I can't believe a bomb went off below you and you take 36 points of damage. Boom, boom, our right. Forge boy. So I'm down to, oh man, this is such a burden. 64.5 points, <laughs> points of damage. Tracy, um, uh, it's a little itchy. Where the bomb went off, but otherwise, like, like a tag in your undershirt. Yeah, you know exactly. You can get through it. Uh, but otherwise, he's good. Are there like little leg fragments under the shield? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> All right, Is so my you... dagger okay? <laughs> the, the dagger has obliterated. Let's okay. say that the bomb just straight up explodes. So you take the majority. You su- definitely suck the majority of the damage up, but it like blows you like up against a pop shot. And Do I just, go in the hoop? Yeah, you're in the hoop. <laughs> Everyone takes cover. Everyone hits the deck immediately. Holmes looks at you and be like, Oh. I do not have a plan B on this. Just, we're done. I fulfilled my end of the bargain. You fulfilled your end of the bargain. Get the hell out of my favorite game shop. I would not say that you fulfilled your bargain when you drop the bomb and then jump on it. The council's still going to come for you. Let him try. Watson, let's go. The squirrel skitters from in between, like one of those coin-operated games, hops up on his shoulder, takes a small jump, and then all of the bricks like kind of reconstitute back into a body. And uh, the two warforges look at Tracy one last time and just walk out the door. I stick my tongue out at them. <laughs> and uh, you see that this big steel door, the doorknob goes away, and then it slowly disappears. After that, uh, you hear the stomping of metal feet going farther and farther away. The Kenku and the assassins come back in through the door, and they look like they've been roughed up quite a bit. A few of them are bloodied and definitely need medical attention. Bob the Skrull lifts his, his visor back up and says... <sighs> they, just, <laughs> they came. They came from all directions. Everyone from all every single one of the doors, and then all of a sudden they retreated. Anara, what just happened? We've been compromised. Don't, 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 don't.